Today we are going to be taking a look at our third reading, the gospel lesson for today, the story of Jesus' temptation. And so if you'd like to flip there in your bulletin and follow along, uh, you can do that. But before we get to the particulars of Jesus' temptation, I thought it might be good to just talk a little bit about temptation in general and to remind ourselves of some of the things that the Bible teaches us about temptation. And maybe the first thing we need to say right away is that temptation is not from God. James 1.14 reminds us quite simply and clearly that God tempts no one. God only has your best interest, your good at heart, and he is not going to lead you down any dark or dangerous roads. Uh, the other thing that I think we need to remind ourselves in is, is that to be tempted is not sinful. Uh, we have lots of things that we do that make us feel guilty, but to be on the receiving end of a temptation is or should not be one of them. We, we know that temptation to be tempted is not sinful because Jesus was tempted and God's word tells us that he was without sin. Uh, temptation is something we all experience. Uh, it's, it's universal. And I know it doesn't always feel that way when you're in the middle of it. Sometimes it, it feels like, like you're the only one who is tempted like this to this degree or or maybe you feel like you're the only one who is experiencing this particular temptation and you think to yourself, if anyone knew the ways that you were tempted, they might not want anything to do with you. And, and the truth is that while I might not be tempted by the same thing that you are, I, I would guess that whatever your temptation is, someone else here today could raise their hand and say, yep, uh, I've been there. We, we are all tempted. A temptation, I, I think to put it as simply as we can, is is the voice that calls out to us. It's the voice that beckons us to go beyond the boundaries that God has set for us. It's the voice of Satan. It's the voice of our sinful, broken, messy world. It's our own inner voices that are, that are speaking, uh, calling us, beckoning us to go beyond the boundaries. I think we all recognize that God has set up some boundaries for us, right? Uh, in the Bible, they're often referred to as his law. And, and these boundaries, this law, it's, it's good for us. It's like a fence. It, it protects us. It, it keeps us safe. It uh, allows us to live in harmony with one another. It's, it's what is good for us. It, it teaches us how to, how to love one another. It, it is what brings life, abundant life. And, and yet all too often we hear this voice that's beckoning us to go beyond the boundaries, telling us the grass is greener on the other side, that life would be better if we could just free ourselves from these imposed rules and and. and and regulations, uh, it, it's kind of like when we give in to temptation, this might sound silly, but bear with me, it's kind of like when we give in temptation, we are fish who have jumped out of water and onto dry land. And we believe the lie that, you know, th these, these lakes, these rivers, they are just holding us back and, and we need to free ourselves from the boundaries to go where we want to go and, and live however we want to live, right? And, and yet that's ridiculous because a fish out of water is not going to live for very long is it? Uh, and yet that's what we believe, that somehow life will be better beyond the boundary, beyond the regulations and rules God has set, but we know that, that that's just not the case. Uh, but let's take a look at our, our reading for today from uh, Luke chapter 4. Today we, we see the temptation of Jesus. We read about how shortly after his, his baptism, he is brought out into the desert by the Holy Spirit. And just as we begin our 40-day journey to Lent, as we walk towards the cross and the tomb, we begin that with a time of, of prayer and, and uh, 
contemplation. That's, that's what Jesus was doing in the desert. As he began his three-year journey towards the cross and the tomb, he began with some intentional time of prayer and fasting, some time with his father out there alone in the desert. And it seems as though that when that time is just about over, when the 40 days are almost up, that, that Satan comes to him. And that's when his temptation begins. And there's a lot that we learn uh, from this passage and in, in from Jesus in our reading for today. But I think the first message that, that we are given is that we are today to learn from Jesus. Today I think we see Jesus as the master teacher and there are plenty of things that we can learn from him today. And, and I think, in a sense, af- after all, we see Jesus beating back temptation and standing firm. We would be silly not to follow in his example uh, you could think about it like this. Imagine if you worked at a computer company. You, know, you were really into computers and, and IT and you're sitting there in your cubicle one day and Bill Gates walks in, right? It would be silly not to follow Bill Gates' example. If it were me, whatever he was doing at his little cubicle next to me, you can, be bet, you can bet that, that I would do the same. So if he showed up at every, morn, every morning with a Starbucks Frappuccino in his hand, I would be stopping at Starbucks to buy that Frappuccino. If he, if he came in and every afternoon at 2 p.m. he called his mom for a little mid-afternoon break, I would be calling my mother at exactly at 2 p.m. just like him. Uh, or you can imagine that you're on a basketball team and you're playing basketball in practice and one day Michael Jordan shows up. Right? It would be foolish not to, to learn from him, his habits, his rituals, his traditions, the exercises and drills that he does. And, and it's the same for us. It would be silly not to look at Jesus today and how he interacts with these temptations and not try to learn something from them. And I'm sure there are a lot of things that we could learn from Jesus today and the example that he has given us. Uh, but I'd like to focus on two. And, and the first thing that I, can, I think we can learn from Jesus is that in the midst of his temptations, he relied upon Scripture. If, if you noticed, and you probably did, that each time Satan comes to him with those little lies and those twisted truths, that Jesus doesn't come up with some witty answer. <laughs> he, he doesn't try to think off the top of his head some wise saying. He doesn't get into a battle of the wits with, with Satan. Uh, no, he, he lets Scripture speak for itself. He lets God's Word do the talking. He relies on those promises and those truths of Scripture. And and brothers and sisters, I I think we would do well to to do the same. I I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but we talked about God's Word and about letting that Word dwell in us, about reading that Word and absorbing that Word as often as possible, singing it, memorizing it, reciting it. And when we do that, when we fill our lives up with the word, then when, when the moment of need comes, when the temptation is brought our way, we are equipped, right? Ephesians 6 uh, compares the word of God to a sword, uh, a weapon that we are armed with to fight back in the midst of our temptations. And so like Jesus, when temptation comes, we, we rely on the word of God, on its promises and its truth. Uh, the other thing that Jesus does that I think that we can learn from is that, that he has this profound belief in God's promises and this deep sense of who he is and his identity as a child of God. And it is that belief in God's promises, that trust in what God has said about who he is that, uh, that makes for him the temptations much less tempting. <laughs> 
So for example, when Satan comes to Jesus and tempts him with all the kingdoms of the world and Satan says, look, you can have all of these, they're, they're yours if you just bow down and worship me. Well, for Jesus, that's not all that tempting because he knows who he is. He is God's beloved child. He has just heard those words in his baptism and he trusts that, that God has, has amazing things for him. And, and so what are all these kingdoms to him? It's just not that tempting. Or, or when, when Satan comes to Jesus and takes him up to the top of the temple, do you remember that one? And he says, well, throw yourself down. Isn't God going to protect you? He'll send some angels to watch over you. Don't worry about it. Well, well, Jesus believes deeply that God the Father has been caring for him and providing for him and will continue to do so abundantly. And so he doesn't need to manufacture some silly test to prove it. No, he believes that God will. He knows who he is, that he is God's beloved child who will always be cared for. He has a profound sense of the promises and of his identity. And and brothers and sisters, if we can grab onto those things too, I, I think our temptations will be much less tempting. When we are tempted to, to jump into the office gossip because everyone else is doing it and we want to be accepted and, and we think sometimes that by putting others down we can lift ourselves up, well, what, what if we paused there and we reminded ourselves, I am God's accepted beloved child. I don't need to seek after the acceptance of the group. I have more than enough acceptance on my own that, that I don't need to put others down to lift myself up because Jesus has lifted me up. He's called me his beautiful daughter or son. And, and besides, his daughters and his sons just don't do things like that, right? That would go a long way towards making the temptations that much less tempting. And, uh, or, or let's say you, you've got yourself in a, a sticky situation. You've created some mess for yourself and now the temptation comes, well, why don't you just twist the truth a little bit, lie, and you could get yourself out of it awfully easily. Well, what if we stepped back and, and told ourselves, you know what, uh, God is going to care for me. He has my best interest at heart. He is watching over me and I don't need to make a messy situation messier with my own sin. I can just trust and put this in God's hands and it might be painful in the short term but I'm going to believe that God is going to care for me and watch over this situation and that good will come from it one, one way or another. Trusting in God's promises and believing who we are and who he has set us to be, that will go a long way in making those temptations that much less tempting. So we can learn a lot from Jesus, although I, I do want to give uh, one warning, and that is as much as we can learn from Jesus, we also need to remember that we are not Jesus. And what I mean is this. I think back, so Bill Gates is in your office and he's doing things. You have to remember you're not him. Or, or maybe a better example would be uh, Michael Jordan. He's on your team and, and you watch him, you observe him, you learn from him. But Michael Jordan can do things that you or I cannot do, right? He can take that running leap from the free throw line, close his eyes and dunk the ball. And if I tried that, if, if, if we tried that, we would just look silly and probably end up breaking something. It would not end well. And so when Jesus goes into the desert for 40 days by himself, he can do that. He can resist temptation all on his own. Of, of course, he's filled with the Spirit, but he's out there by himself. And, and yet he can do that because he is strong. He is perfect. He is righteous. But, but you and I, I, I don't think that that would be the good way for us to go. <laughs> and in fact, we don't have to. That's why God has given us this thing that we're here to do today called the church. God has brought us into a family, right? 
and he surrounded you with brothers and sisters to encourage you and uplift you in your temptation, sometimes to challenge you, but also to remind you of his forgiveness and grace when, when you've stumbled. And so when you are going through temptation, don't think that, all right, well, Jesus did it by himself, and so I should be able to do it by myself following in his example. No, he's, he's given you this family. He's surrounded you with Christian friends and brothers and sisters and a pastor who cares about you. And so go to these people that God has put in your life. They're, they're there for you. As much as we learn from Jesus, we're not Jesus. And, and that's a good thing, that we're not him. Uh, because I believe that the other lesson that we learned today is that we are, we are being led to, to learn to trust in Jesus. We learn from him, but we ultimately trust in him because he's not like us. We have stumbled and fallen. We have given up and given in in the midst of temptation. We are weak and we have lost these battles, and yet Jesus has not. Jesus has stood firm. He never once gave up or gave in. He has won the battle, and unlike us, he is perfect and holy and righteous, spotless, blameless, without sin, and God is constantly leading us to learn to trust in that, to look to him. See, all of us today are in different places on our journey. Some of us are here today, and maybe we haven't thought very much about temptation at all, which probably means that we're just giving in. Uh, Others of us are here today, and we have been fighting back against temptation. We have been working hard to not give in. And and maybe you're there today, and you feel exhausted and tired because you have been trying to be strong, but you don't know how much longer it will last. And then there are others of us here today who know all too well that we have messed up. We've fallen short time and time and time again, and the guilt has come And what Jesus is leading us to do today, I think, is to stop looking inward for strength, for identity. And instead, he's he's leading us to look up and, and to look to the cross and to learn to trust in that so that we would see that our perfection, our holiness, our righteousness comes from him. And that seems strange because we look inside and we see sin, but but God is saying, look up and look out and look to Jesus to see perfection and holiness and righteousness. It is yours simply by faith. Everything that belongs to Jesus us now belongs to you because of faith. Uh, We are like those fish out of water who have convinced ourselves that life might be better on dry land and we spend very much time on the land and, and we'll be lifeless gasping for breath. And yet Jesus is the one who comes and and he doesn't just yell at us to get back in the water. (laughs) Uh, He doesn't just give us a lesson on how to swim. No, Jesus comes along seeing us in our failed temptation, in our guilt, in our shame, and he picks us up and he puts us back in the water so that we might swim, so that we might live free. In Jesus' name, amen.